Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. I'm Travis Albritton, a former rocket scientist turned digital missionary, here to bring you the bite-sized tips and strategies you need to become an effective Christian. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into it. Well, hey there, and welcome back to our series on 1 Corinthians. I know last week we had a fun little detour talking about the story of Jesus and the dragon. If you haven't listened to that and you're not familiar with that story in the Bible, where little baby Jesus and the dragon go toe-to-toe, then that's a fun uh, Christmas story that you may or may not have heard before. But in this episode, we're going to wrap up our four-part series studying out the book of 1 Corinthians and what it means for us today. And for this episode, we're going to be studying out a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So I'm going to read this passage from 1 Corinthians 9. We'll dig into the William Barclay commentary like we have been, and then I'll offer some practical tips. So we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Mm, Love that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, if you didn't know, I used to be an endurance athlete competing in triathlons and half marathons and even did a marathon. So yeah, this totally resonates with how I think about training and preparing for something. Uh, but you don't have to be a runner in order to take some great practicals out of this. All right, let's jump into the William Barclay commentary. Paul takes another line. He insists to those Corinthians who wanted to take the easy way that no one will ever get anywhere without the sternest self-discipline. Paul was always fascinated by the picture of the athlete. An athlete must train with intensity in order to win the contest, and Corinth knew how thrilling contests could be. For at Corinth, the Isthmian Games, second only to the Olympic Games, were held. Furthermore, the athlete undergoes this self-discipline and this training to win a crown of laurel leaves that within days will be a withered wreath. How much more should Christians discipline themselves to win the crown, which is eternal life? In this passage, Paul sets out a kind of brief philosophy of life. Number one, that life is a battle. As the American philosopher William James put it, if this life be not a real fight in which something is eternally gained for the universe by success, it is not better than a game of private theatricals from which one may withdraw at will. But it feels like a fight as if there were something really wild in the universe, which we, with all our idealities and faithfulnesses, are needed to redeem. A flabby soldier cannot win battles. A slack trainer cannot win races. We must regard ourselves always as being engaged upon a campaign and as pressing onwards to a goal. Number two, to win the fight and to be victorious in the race demands discipline. We have to discipline our bodies. It is one of the neglected facts of the spiritual life that very often spiritual depression springs from simply being physically unfit. If we are going to do our best work in any aspect of life, we must bring to it bodies that are as fit as we can make them. We have to discipline our minds. It is one of the tragedies of life that many may refuse to think until they become incapable of thinking. We can never solve problems by refusing to see them or by running away from them. We must discipline our souls. We can do so by facing life's sorrows with calm endurance 
its temptations with the strength God gives, and its disappointments with courage. Number three, we need to know our goal. A distressing thing is the obvious aimlessness of the lives of so many people. They are drifting anywhere instead of going somewhere. Someone once drew a cartoon showing two men on Mars looking down at the people in this world scurrying here, there, and everywhere. One said to the other, what are they doing? The other replied, they are going. But, said the first, where are they going? Oh, said the other, they are not going anywhere. They are just going. And to go just anywhere is the certain way to arrive nowhere. Number four, we need to know the worth of our goal. The great appeal of Jesus was rarely based on penalty and punishment. It was based on the declaration, look what you are missing if you do not take my way. The goal is life, and surely it is worth anything to win that. And number five, we cannot save others unless we take control of ourselves. Sigmund Freud once said, psychoanalysis is learnt first of all on oneself through the study of one's own personality. The Greeks declared that the first rule of life is know thyself. Certainly, we cannot serve others until we have taken charge of ourselves. We cannot teach what we do not know. We cannot bring others to Christ until we ourselves have found him. All right, so let's talk about how this passage and these principles of strict discipline and training apply to us. And I'm going to be very practical because I want to talk about how it applies to us at the end of 2020, moving into 2021. So reflecting on this year, uh, as someone who interacts with a lot of churches around the world, 2020 has revealed a lot of things about the health of our churches. That when things are going well, when you have your routines, when you have church services on Sundays, and you have small groups, and you have volunteer activities, and the church as an organization is humming along, it is easy to overlook or completely miss glaring weaknesses and uh, really sin in the church because we're just so focused on doing the next thing. But 2020 has forced us to slow down. It's forced us to uh, reassess all the things that we're doing. And it has revealed the hearts of the people in our churches. Uh, Because as with most trials, there are a lot of Christians that will thrive spiritually no matter their circumstances, right? They can be absolutely terrible circumstances, active oppression, active persecution, you know, global pandemics notwithstanding, and they're going to do great. They're going to come out of this and be like, man, I grew so much spiritually. I matured so much. I learned so much about God and his heart during that time. Even though it was uncomfortable, I'm grateful I went through that. There's certainly that group of Christians, and, and it is not an insignificant amount of, you know, the proportion. But there are also a lot of Christians that have become spiritually disconnected. And to be honest, you might be in that camp right now. And that's, that's okay. You just can't stay there. Uh, and it's important to remember that becoming Christ-like is not an easy thing. It is not easy to deny your nature, your impulses, the things that you naturally want in order to pursue godliness and holiness and righteousness and to be like Jesus even when you don't feel like it. Becoming Christ-like is not easy. And unless we maintain the proper focus and discipline in that trajectory, our natural tendency is going to be to drift back to our default sinful nature, which will in turn erode our spiritual maturity. And so if this year has revealed anything, is that there are some Christians 
that will continue to thrive spiritually no matter the circumstances because they have developed this discipline, this self-control to actively pursue godliness no matter what. And then there are other Christians who were being propped up by the churches that they were a part of. They were being propped up by their small group, being propped up by their preachers on Sundays. And now that the world has gone to hell in a handbasket, it's revealed that their foundation was really shaky and that they had not developed that discipline and that training to be able to push through and continue to move intentionally towards the goal of completeness in Christ, which is our goal as Christians here on the earth before we go and join God and Jesus in heaven one day. And many Christians are still struggling to find their footing. Very natural to feel aimless and unfruitful. You're like, man, how do we just work the Facebook live and get church out there? You're not thinking about reaching the lost. You're thinking about surviving. But church leaders, your church leaders need your help to help move the church forward. It's not going to be your full-time ministry staff that comes up with the solutions more than likely to these problems. It's going to be people within the congregation stepping up and saying, hey, here's a need that I see. I can meet that. I have the skill set to meet that. I have the ability to meet that. I have the desire to meet that need. How can I help? How can I show up? How can I serve? How can I love people? It's going to be up to the members of these churches, our churches, in order to put us on a positive trajectory in 2021 and to be there to help those of us that have become spiritually disconnected to reconnect both to the body of Christ and to God as well. And so the question for you is, are you still focused on the prize? Are you still actively pursuing God? Have you developed the character of discipline and self-control that an elite athlete would in their pursuit of the prize? Have you developed that same mindset in your pursuit of God? And are you actively calling your brothers and sisters to that mindset as well. This is going to be a challenge for all of us. It's going to be, it's a challenge for me. I'm not saying this is someone who has figured this out. I'm saying this is someone who is actively working on this in my life. We all have to be focused on the prize. It is such an incredible thing to be a disciple, to be a son or a daughter of God, but it is hard work and we cannot allow circumstances like 2020 to keep us from continuing to press forward and to take hold of the prize that awaits us at the end. So ask yourself, are you still focused on the prize? Are you still actively pursuing God? Are you still actively pursuing Jesus? Or have you let your circumstances distract you from what your aim should be? Well, I hope you enjoyed that brief overview of some of the main themes from the book of 1 Corinthians. If you want to learn more, I highly recommend that you pick up William Barclay's Letters to the Corinthians Bible Commentary. It's relatively inexpensive. You can get it just about anywhere. And I'll leave a link in the uh, show notes for this episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It means the world to me that you take time out of your day to listen to my musings and the things that I'm learning about God and what it means to be a disciple. Uh, If you have some ideas of things that you would like me to cover next year in 2021, please feel free to shoot me an email. Hello at travisalbritton.com. I'll also put that information in the show notes for this episode. I would love to hear from you. Well, this is the last episode of 2020, and I can't wait to see you next week in the new year. That's it for today. Don't forget to take advantage of this week's free resource by clicking the link in the show notes and be sure to share this episode with your ministry leader, a person in your small group, or just a friend from church. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode, and I'll talk to you soon.